What is up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Wexpeel Podcast, Barbells, Beats, and Buffoonery. I'm your host, Wex. Welcome to the show. I am so happy that you're here and listening. If this is your first time listening, definitely reach out, say hello. You know, get on that Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Not too much on YouTube and TikTok, but I'm trying to I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to do better. But Instagram, definitely hit us up on Instagram. And let us know where you're from. I would love to know where you're from. I get analytics and all that sort of thing from uh from my podcast anal analysis i guess that i get from from the the company that i work with so it tells me that i'm in all sorts of different countries which is mind-blowing to me that somebody's actually listening in all those different countries all over the world but yet here we are 2023 has been man it has been a year i cannot believe that it's almost february i'm recording this actually on january 31st Tomorrow's going to be February. Man, the year seems like it's flying, but it could not have gone better this year for us. 2023 is shaping up to be a big year here at Wex Appeal. So thank you to all the listeners and everyone who's come on this ride with me so far, or even if you're just joining us, thank you for your support and and you know following along and chatting and buying shirts and doing all the things. It's going to be a big year, so buckle up and get ready. 2023, like I said, has been epic. It started off, I know CrossFit, you know, a lot of people in the CrossFit world talk about, you know, the tier Wadapalooza being the end of the season, and now we start with the Open, and, and the, I, I, I want to throw that all out the window. To me, Wadapalooza is the start of the new year. That's how you start the year, and then you ramp up, you get excited, you get just jacked getting into the gym, because you watch all these people do amazing things at Wadapalooza. And now the Open's here. So if you haven't signed up for the Open, we did a video with uh, Make Wads Great Again and just talking about, hey, this is going to be my ninth year. Sign up for the Open. See where you land. See how you stack up with the rest of them. And you can track your progress each and every year. I think it's phenomenal. But like I was saying, I, I feel like coming into Wadapalooza, it, it's just the start of of this season and it's what a way to kick it off and if you are down there you know exactly what i'm talking about all these people talking about crossfit is dead they definitely were not in miami you cannot believe that crossfit's dead if you were in miami for the tier wadapalooza it was an absolute blast an absolute party we freaking had a great time and things like i said with us with the, with the podcast were huge the podcast stage was amazing we had phenomenal guests. All the podcast hosts that were there had amazing guests, amazing interviews. You got to do Q&As with people like Catherine David's daughter, Annie Thor's daughter, Justin Medeiros, Brooke Wells. Um, who else did? Man, we had Ben Bergeron. Uh, we had so many Q&As. We had the opportunity to talk to all the champions. Uh, so I had the opportunity to host, which blew my mind. I had the opportunity to host Matt Fraser. Justin Medeiros, Annie, Katrin, Camille LeBlanc-Bazanet, Jason Kalipa, Ben Smith, like the who's who of CrossFit champs, and little old me sitting up there interviewing them and doing a Q&A, which was mind-blowing to me. It was awesome. But so many, many great things happened at Wadapalooza. Now, there have been some people that have gone out and said, oh, well, it sucked because of this and because of this and because of this. You can't please everyone, and my overall takeaway from Tier Wadapalooza is that 
it can only just get bigger and better. And it was an amazing experience if you didn't get caught up in just the little things here and there. Yeah, I get it. And we talk about that in this episode. In fact, that's why I'm talking so much about the Tierwadapalooza Festival is because on the show today is Dylan Malitsky, the VP of Sport, the director of the Tierwadapalooza 2023, first year taking over the reins of this competition, and I think he did a fantastic job. But, and I say but, not in a negative way, in a positive, the thing I love about Dylan is he confronts everything head-on. He takes the wins, celebrates the wins, but he also looks at the opportunities, listens to the feedback, and he absolutely will address all of the concerns, the complaints, the misses. He takes those things to heart. He is looking to put on the absolute best festival that he could possibly do, and I think he achieved pretty close to that this year, all while knowing it wasn't perfect. And he has so many things that he has notes on that he wants to improve upon, which is so encouraging that you have people that aren't just in it for the money, aren't just in it to do an event to pad their pockets, but they want to do an event that furthers the community, builds up the community, and just makes an awesome experience for the athletes, the fans, the vendors, everyone, the volunteers everybody. And it's so cool to talk to Dylan and just hear the heart behind it. It's not just some dude just trying to make money. It is a guy that actually wants to have a positive impact on this community. And I I am here for it. So with all the wins, with all the losses that came with Wadapalooza, I am highly, highly encouraged. And I highly encourage you as well to look at the positive and also remember This is his first year running it. He's been involved since the inception, but it's his first year being the man in charge, and I think he did a fantastic job. So, all that to say, more positivity, more love. That's what what we're here for. Without further ado, let's get to the show, because I'm sure you don't want to hear from me. You want to hear from Dylan. So, ladies and gentlemen, my guest today, Dylan Malitsky from Loud and Live, the director of Tier Wadapalooza. Here he is. All right, man. So, what's up, dude? How you doing? Have you have you gotten sleep yet? I've gotten sleep, man. I could de- definitely still use some more. It's yeah, only been what, in two weeks now. I mean, so it's funny. I was just down at the park, and uh, and they're loading in the Miami Marathon. So that's oh. two weeks after. Look at like the synergy there of a running event combined with when you talk about just overall fitness. But um, yeah, man, we're we're still not completely done. We we finished loading out the Friday post event, and then last week was um. I guess that was last week. So this week was the week. A lot of the members of the team are off right now. Wex, okay. like uh, Sasha, Aaron, Alex, and, and Trina are letting them hibernate a little bit uh, and recover. Yeah, good deal. So that means that, that means that I'm like here, like pushing all the buttons and trying to keep things on the tracks, and then hopefully I'll get some R and R here soon. But good deal. Yeah, yeah. But how about you? Dude? You had a long weekend as well, dude. It was crazy. It was a, it was a very long weekend. Um, it. I mean, I took Monday. We actually slept in on Monday and drove back later on that day we had to be out of our airbnb by like 11 um so we took our time like literally left at like 
10 55 <laughs> pack it up and pack it up and go we went and had lunch um and then drove home but man it was a it was a weekend for sure um i i'm man i'm i gotta say first of all first of all before we start anything else thank you um thank you for the opportunity and i've i think i've said it on another podcast i was like you gave me the ability to either mc or do the podcast stage and and kind of put the ball back in my court and uh and trusted me to run it so thank you thank you for that dude my my pleasure man and i think you took the ball and, and ran with it and that's exactly what we needed in that role because you identified that there was some massive room for improvement two years ago i think we did a good job with it i think last year we it wasn't managed properly and we needed somebody that would just take total ownership. And I think you, you did just that, obviously with, you know, we, we gave you some ground rules and some, some sure. this sandbox in which you had to play within, but, but from there, man, you, uh, you stepped up and everything we threw at you, like not just the podcast stage, jumping <laughs> on and hosting the freaking champions panel and things that I bet you a lot of people, there was just so much being thrown your way. That, I don't know the fact that you didn't get intimidated or nervous by any of it and just like, okay, cool. Just tell me what to ask and I'll, I'll, I'll go. Um, so I'm, was gl- I'm glad you didn't realize I was nervous. Cause I was, I was basically shitting myself like, like the, the past, uh, you know, like the hour before the, the champions panel. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, we're doing this. And I, I don't know if you noticed that in our calls, I asked you probably like three or four times during that call. So what is my role here? Just to be yeah. clear, you want me with a microphone talking to these seven champions. Dude, what, a, what, a, what a cool, yeah, man. I mean, look, I think, it, I think you're, you're a good, I think it's something that we need to talk about a little more. Yeah. But if you, if you enjoyed it, then man, we should definitely figure out a way to make it something that, again, like we, we I'm already, for example, Wex, like I'm already programming. We're already programming for this year. We're probably wow. not going to have a program this year. We're already, we're getting ahead of the ball. Yeah. Uh, right after last year, we knew O'Keefe was leaving. We knew we had to like basically regroup on production and all these things. Sure. But while that was all going on simultaneously, we're being approached by CrossFit of like, let's do the Granite Games as a semi. Or yeah, you basically do West Coast or Granite Games as a semifinal. Yeah. I was a big advocate for doing Granite because of its its historical significance, the community buy-in, and we were, we knew we wanted to make it a both an elite event and a community event, like more like Waza. West mm-hmm. Coast was only known for being an elite event because it's the only way it ran. Yeah. In twenty twenty one. Um, so now our focus goes completely to Madrid, which is in September, which is ran by Alfonso's team. Um, but we are there for support and then Waza. So I can like get well ahead of the ball to make Wadapalooza 24 the best fucking event ever. And I feel awesome. like we, we have so much to build upon because 23 was so awesome. I don't know if you would agree. Yeah, no. So, and I know there's, you can't please everybody. You, you can't please everybody. There's things out there that, you know, people liked and didn't like, and I get that. And I think one of my favorite quotes is actually um, George Washington's farewell address where he's basically saying, he's like, I, I don't know of any, intentional errors that I made, but I'm, I'm, and I'm paraphrasing horribly, but I'm, I'm too, I'm too self-conscious to know that I didn't make errors, even though they were unintentional, you know, to improve on and please, you know, look at it like that. So knowing you and knowing the type of person you are, nothing was done intentionally to, you know, make this a bad experience for anybody, but you also can't please everyone. So where do you take that? Because you had I think you guys had some amazing wins and you and I both know I myself included, we have some takeaways for the podcast stage that I was already writing notes on and like, okay, next year we could do this, 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 and this. So, you know, kind of how do you feel about it? uh, You know, this year, how it went, the overall, I think, I think overall it was a, it was a success. Yeah. I mean, I think if, if you want me to start there, I do feel like this year was a massive success. I think 
there were a lot of things that we built upon from past years. And there were some wins that we, we really can't take credit for, which is like the weather. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. Because that, that, that I, I think we, I think people, um, will, will give credit to us because we made sure that even like the, the, the temperature of Saturday and Sunday when it was a little bit cooler, I think ended up working well in our favor. It oh, wasn't yeah. brutally hot. Um, and there was very little rain, only slight glint. We haven't had a water pools without rain in years and years and years. I, I mean, when I say rain, like not significant rain. That, that yeah. And that was impact. like a 30 minute, that was like a 30 minute, small little sprinkle. I mean, that was nothing compared to what we've had in past years. Yeah. So I think mother nature one played a huge factor. It was an amazing event. I think tier as our title partner played a huge role in elevating the athlete experience, the retail and merch experience, custom gear, which is something we've missed for the last couple of years. We just had like very generic basic Waza stuff in the past, but mm-hmm. the tier Waza line was, was really impressive and, and successful. And I think spoke to our brand and the, the, the combination, the, the partnership of our brands in, in a really meaningful way. Um, so I think a lot of, a lot of wins between tier mother nature, between our head staff. And I've, I've said this a ton I, I, that, that, that Waterpalooza is nothing without the people behind it. And I think there's a lot of groups, right? There's the athletes, there's the spectators. They play a huge role they're the talent. They're the people that people are coming to watch. The spectators are coming to see the volunteers, nearly a thousand people from across the world. I just, this blows my mind every time I think about it. They pay money to travel and their vacation. Cause a lot of them have to take off from work is yeah. to bust their butt to literally see this thing, you know, come to fruition and, and be successful to be part of something bigger than themselves, which is again, always, it gives me chills when I say it, cause it's hard to wrap my head around that we have something so special like that within our, our community. But then the fourth group being, uh, you know, there, there's the brands as well. But then there's also a fifth group, which is the, the core staff, the head staff. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest win for me is the way in which the core staff rallied around this this word that's on our our, our, our wristbands that we all had, right? That says community. So they were all united around that singular vision and they would literally stop at nothing to accomplish their task yeah. and make sure that the event was seamless. So um, I think overall, like when I put all the things, the things that really, really matter I think it was a massive win. I say really matter because there's a lot of things that really matter, but the things that are, that are like intangible and very hard to teach or coach that are very hard to solve mm-hmm. the areas in which we, we, we have to improve, which I'm glad that you quoted George Washington there in that regard, because the one thing that I am not is, is oblivious to uh, improvement and and knowing that we've, we've got to get better. And so that's what I've been taking the last two weeks. Even like we we've had a, our teams had a postmortem doc, a live doc running from like, three months before the event, just aggregating things that can be, that we know are trending in a direction like in the pre-planning, but then also during the event. And so that, that documents already up to like 12 pages. Now yeah. it's up to me on, on, uh, you know, the end of this week and the next week to sift through it and make sure to organize it in a way that makes sense. So we can share it with the whole team. And like, like and, I mean, and also what can you pull off like from that list? I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a dream list of, you know, Hey, this would be great to achieve, but what is actually doable on that list? 100%. So, you know, I think most of it though is achievable is the good thing, right? Like things people wanted athletes have, have talked about wanting better bathrooms, like, and, and, a, a more consistent cleaning, you know, and more consistent and, and, and toilet paper to be replenished. Like, but you know, we thought we were, I wasn't even aware of that. So post to them, but that's a very easy, like check of the box. Yep. We're going to make sure that that happens. No problem. Yep. Um, and that's like a very small, tangible, uh, you know, uh, example. I think the biggest one, let's say you know, we won't beat around the bush here, which we thought we were doing, uh, you know, we were doing right by and improving this year was the seating solutions. We didn't have enough seats once again. Yeah. And I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around why, because 
we did have an increase in attendance, but not to the degree in which with the seats that we added that it would, I think, turn out the way that it did with long lines out of each of the entrances when the elite were going. But I will tell you, on Saturday of, of, of the Tier Wadapalooza, I was sitting down with the leadership team and we were coming up with a strategy for how to combat that for next year. We couldn't do it in that moment. We did have sure. a solution for um, you know, the, the getting VIP into the stands and how to police security, whatever, so that we don't want over capacity in the stands. But moving forward, I think we have a, a pretty good rough idea that we need to run up and down the, 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 the ladder of stakeholders to see if it makes sense. But of a, a, a way in which, you know, for example, without, you know, letting the cat out of the bag yet, but like people buying assigned seats for specifically the elite competition. Um, so like, you know, if you have a seat, you're not being yeah. guaranteed one. Unfortunately, we can still add more seats to both stages. Like what it's all based on our provider and what they feel comfortable with from an engineering and architecture perspective. Sure. We know now we can add a little more to Flagler. Um, we can add some to Bayside as well. So we'll do that. We'll do, we'll maximize our capacity, but then from there having a system in which people that are there to watch the elite and are paying to do so get that chance. And then the rest of the, the, the venue can be, I don't, I don't want to spill too much, but there's sure. definitely some good ideas that I'm excited about. That's probably the biggest takeaway. And then, um, you know, ways to improve the, the competition, like uh, judging is something that is being scrutinized right now by the people that would scrutinize it right now, like the yeah. pillars and the, and some of those folks, um, you know, that, that that's their, their forte. And, and at the end of the day, our core product is the competition and we're going to get better. And how we're going to get better is make sure our team is more prepared by being ahead of the curve and starting the process of programming and building our, our leadership team on that side even sooner. Um, so anyway, yeah, I think big wins team was gelling. The experience overall was a very positive one. Great feedback from all of our, our different groups of stakeholders, as I mentioned. Um, but yeah, I think those little low hanging fruit things, better bathrooms, seating solutions, improving the competition. Those three are the ones that keep coming back to top of mind are all things that I'm happy because they're so easily checkable of, of, of improving the yeah. seating, maybe a little, not a little more complex, but, but we have something in the work. So I'm pumped. Nice. So, and you had said um, on another podcast that, that I heard that the life of Bayfront park might be coming to an end just because of what you said, it's getting, it's getting almost just too big. Um, you know, there's only so many seats you can put in, even, even though we can add, there's only so much you can do to, to maximize all that space. So, I mean, is that something that's kind of still in the background in the works? It kind of sounds like Bayfront is, is going to be next year as well with, I mean, with all the, you know, CrossFit games announcing we're going back to Madison and all that, <laughs> is that kind of something that's, that's still churning or, or, you know, is, is it looking in to move soon? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we um, we've we've had some substantive discussions. Even like when I was saying that, and going into the weekend, and and just our our leadership team convening. Um, and I think the I've heard a lot of people say that that they feel like we've outgrown Bayfront Park, but I think there's a magic in that venue. There, yeah, there is <laughs> tangible magic to the venue that I feel like would be a huge challenge to replicate elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, like. Could we go to like a stadium and and you know have built-in stands and pop up a rig and create some cool signage? And I, I've also heard somebody say like, oh, I know that you guys are so married to the to the waterfront, like you guys need that waterfront, but but you don't you don't really. But I I don't think that's really it. It's actually the natural geography of the venue that makes it so special. The the ability to have the three it's a, it's a triangle, the three points of the triangle being these three different stages, yeah, and that you have to walk through the rest of the venue to get anywhere. Um, 
which forces you to walk through brands and 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 buy the the spectator work or buy the food court, which again, I think it's just so easy to navigate with this with this layout that we returned to uh, from a few years ago. And and I will say this year, the the layout was so much better than even last year. Last year, and granted, it was my first year there, so I didn't really know kind of the the layout. But walking around, I'm like, this is this is brilliant. I know exactly where I'm going every single time. Okay, I need to go to you know Flagler. Oh, there's this vendor village next to Flagler. There's this one over here. There's the you know of course the circle or the the half circle vendor. You know, it, it was just very easy to navigate. So that I definitely appreciated. And, and that's why I think it's hard to get away from. It's funny because I think last year. I remember me and O'Keefe having like a ton of conversations around changing the layout because we thought it just didn't work for what we needed. We had to put a bigger stage on flag. We made some changes in, in 22 that I think were trying to fix what wasn't broken, mm-hmm. which, was, which is why we ended up reverting back to the old layout. And that's why one, one of the, 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 the sayings that I was using even in the beginning of, of planning for this coming years, this past year's Waza was one step back to take two steps forward. Like we, we returned back to our old layout. We reduced some athletes in certain divisions to make it a little more manageable. We removed a stage. We did a lot of things that were all in an effort to like regain control of this. What essentially is like trying to control the ocean and control the waves. You can't do it. Yeah. Um, but so, so I think that we accomplished what we set out to in that regard of just making this something that is manageable, that the team can handle, that there's nothing that ends up being out of our control. And then the weather, of course, which were, was on our side this year. Um, so, yeah, man, I think, I think there's a, a lot to say about the venue, and I don't, I don't think you'll see us make a move in 24. Although the discussion, I think, will remain for the next five. Let, let, let's see if the changes we implement for 24 work. That I think is going to help alleviate a lot of the, the the challenges that we were faced with with the venue we have currently. Yeah. Because um, I don't want to leave. I don't think anybody wants to leave if we don't have to. I, I think I think the only next step you could do is like get one of the big cruise ships and just take it out. And- <laughs> Take take Wadapalooza to the ocean. <laughs> It'd be great for wouldn't it be cool that something we talked about is what if we had a cruise ship and uh, and that would be like the room block for staff and volunteers. There were shelves that went back and forth, but every night you could go out and hang out on a cruise ship and gamble. And uh, I don't know, I think that'd be that'd be super cool. The other idea was to build. You know, we had the barge in the past for a competition. Sure. What if we built like a dock out on the water that went on the left and right hand side, and that became additional spectator viewing area for for the waterfront uh, for Bayfront the uh, Bayside stage, excuse me, but. Yeah, man, I think we're, we're going to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks, but we're going to improve the experience. It's, it's up. There'll be some messaging going out to spectators here in the next uh, like 15 days or so that just speaks to, hey, we've heard them because we've already read the preliminary uh, sure. surveys that they've completed, and we're aware and we're going to improve. Yeah, and, and that's awesome. And and that, again, is you know kind of what I go back to. I know you. I mean, I know you from back in the day. You know, I, I actually almost pulled out a Central Florida Throwdown shirt. Um, which is where we met, you know, you doing the MC work for Central Florida Throwdown and um, just knowing kind of how you carry yourself, even as an MC and wanting that excellence. Um, I know there was nothing that was happening at Wadapalooza that you weren't like had your finger on at some point or another, just making sure that it's the best experience possible. And kind of what I was saying is like nothing was intentionally done to, you know, I mean, who goes into a competition that they create to, to intentionally piss people off like it's you got to step outside yourself and think you know it's kind of that whole you know first world problems thing it's like oh i had to wait outside oh but you were in miami you weren't in the snow you got to meet some amazing athletes you got to check out all these um, you know incredible vendors okay you didn't get to watch the last elite heat i'm sorry but you know but and i and i know for you that's not you know that's not something that you accept either so 
Um, so I was going to say, we, we're, we're, we're that, that to me, I've heard a few people sort of um, that I've spoken to about the feedback that like they've said similar responses of, yeah, you know, you go to a, you go to a, uh, you, you wait in line for a, a concert and sometimes you got to wait in line until you get into the, you know, the stands or you, you go to Disney and you wait in line for a ride and you've got to wait an hour sometime because yeah. the, but in my opinion, I, I don't think it was communicated to them that they wouldn't have the ability to watch. And that was never our expectation. And sure. I really believe that increased seats that we had from last year to this year that it would be solved and it, and it wasn't so yeah. we've got to do something different we're going back to the drawing board um because it isn't acceptable and i think that's the big thing though you mentioned like knowing me and, and the perfection that i seek but but I, I know every competition organizer wants to do the very best they can event organizer in general let's speak more generally <clears throat> but what i would say is that what i think separates our team from other teams is that we are hyper aware of our shortcomings maybe almost to a fault. We, we, we want to make sure that we uncover every under every rock where those problem areas were that we can improve. So, um, and, and we're going to be vocal about it and we're going to want to, we're going to do a ton of listening and we're yeah. going to be extremely transparent about the steps we're taking to improve it because I think that's the only way to continue to build trust with the community. And this event is built by and for the community, as you've heard, you know, in the past. So <clears throat> anyway, that's uh that's our take and, and that's what we're going to spend the next you know 30 60 days making sure that we don't repeat the same mistakes twice that's awesome so looking back obviously you know we're what a week and a half two weeks which doesn't feel even real to me <laughs> i mean you're on the ground you know right there but like it doesn't feel real to me that it was what i say so long ago and i'm still like sifting through all my wadapalooza you know content and things um if you could say that there were three takeaways from this from the weekend that you're like we nailed this um and we'll go we'll go you know three absolute these were killer and then we'll look at the you know we'll look at the opportunities as well so you know three wins three opportunities um that that you had from those yeah three key takeaways i think the first one is and i i think i i alluded to it uh at the onset which was the relationship between Tier and Wadapalooza. Yeah. I think one of my biggest takeaways, and we knew this through the planning, but we got to show the world, which is that Tier as a brand is here for and to serve this community. Mm-hmm. And they 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 put their money and their actions where their where their mouth was in terms of you know some of the amazing things. We we're able to restore the athlete experience that had been from years past back when we you know, back in 2016, we'd give shoes to athletes. We would give, we've given custom jerseys once before, but Tier was very intentional about doing that for them. And they, 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 I think my, my biggest takeaway is that we're going to have a very long and fruitful partnership. And I believe that Tier, big takeaway for me is going to be extremely successful because they're listening and doing the right things for the right reasons. Um, so that that's number one. And that is like almost secondary from the event. The event was where we were able to observe it and see like the, the leadership team there is just so genuine. They're fans of the sport. And, um, even there, there was some feedback, you know, about, about some of their products and they're taking them and they're improving them. Um, so it's, it's just really cool to see that evolution and be able to be, uh, you know, boots on the ground and part of that process with them and being able to observe and see how, how they take their feedback and improve. And then also man, how, how they just want to serve the community. It's very, it just feels very authentic and genuine and it's exciting to have a partner like that. So that that's number one. Um, the second one is, if anybody, for, uh, for me, if anyone had any doubts that, um, you know, the community is alive and well and events are alive and uh, alive and well um, because of a lot of changes within the sport and, and events, you know, the, the semifinal structure not happening or not happening. Like, I think being on the ground at, at, at the Tier Wadapalooza this year, it was extremely apparent that 
there is still a huge hunger for events, um, both participatory and and spectator wise. And yeah. I think you know, Wada Blues in particular brings something very unique to the consumer and the fan. Um, but in general, I think that while maybe there's, you know, I think the Open will be the next telltale sign. But but if if the Tier Wada Blues was any indication, you know, the, the sport's only going to continue to grow in a in a, in a really big way. Um, and I think again with brands like Tears Help, but but also just you can tell that people still really enjoy watching and being part of it. So. Uh, that's uh, takeaway number two. And then number three, and, and the one that I think hits closest home for me, and again, it is a little bit of a reiteration of what I said at the onset, Wex, is just the selfless nature of, of humanity. And I know that sounds so uh, like theoretical and, and philosophical, but you know, we're constantly surrounded by negativity in the news of, of, of bad things happening because that's what's, I think, going to turn heads. That's the um, headlines, yeah. But when you see the number of people that that come out to an event like a Tier Wadapalooza and give up for some four days, some a week, some two weeks, the volunteer crew, um, it's just really special to me. Um, as I mentioned, the, the people are what makes this event possible. So um, I think really like humanity is alive and well, specifically within the CrossFit community. And uh, and it gives me hope for like my, my children that are still to come because there's some people that are just, again more than willing to bend over backwards to make something a success just for like a pair of shoes and a, and a, and a shirt. And um, so those are the three, the three big takeaways for me. Humanity is alive and well, this community isn't going anywhere and, and really exciting to see tears continued evolution because I think this proved that they're, they're in it to win it and they're in it for the right reasons. Yeah. And, and the swag was on point. I, I will say that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got my, I got my, you know, Wadapalooza Getty right here. Um, yeah. I loved all, it. I loved all of it. Um, and but it, it was really cool to see, like you said, everybody was just digging in. Okay, we need to get this done. We need to get this done. And like it didn't matter if I had a, an issue come up on my stage, I you know call up Anna Maria and shout out to her because she was all over the place, and uh, she was just you know hitting on all cylinders. But you know just really everybody pushing the envelope to try and make it the best event possible. I think was was phenomenal and. I again, this is only my second year um, with Wadapalooza. You know, things have, had come up in previous years. I was actually scheduled to to volunteer a couple of years previously, and then my wife decided to go into labor like two months early, and wow. <laughs> things things like that. Uh, it was like a comedy of errors that uh, that happened. But you know, going being able to go last year, and then you know, everybody I'm sure had the thought of what's going to happen now that O'Keefe's gone, and I think you put all those you know, all those issues to bed, you know, with it in, in producing something that, and, and this is no slight on O'Keefe because, you know, you guys are such a great team, but I thought this year blew last year out of the water. Um, and like you said, having to take a couple steps back to kind of see what didn't need to be fixed in 2022 to make it in, you know, to make it 2023. I think, I think you guys hit a lot of those points dead on. Um, and one of those being the layout, you know, and, and we talked about that, you know, before, as far as, you know, just for me personal, obviously my, my personal experience is the podcast stage, because that's where I've been the past two years and taking it from where it was and moving it to the beach, uh, and putting couches out and making it a destination for people that they can go on the app and see, Oh, the daughters are going to be here at 11. Well, I definitely want to be here for that. And that was probably our biggest one. We had easily 200 to 250 people standing room only 
for the Q and A for you know for Annie That's and Katrin, cool. which was amazing. And we got to you know we got to develop that, and it became a destination for people, which was really awesome to see. And I think, in turn, that also allowed people to see the athletes in a completely different light, because last year, I don't know that we had any you know real elite athletes come up on the podcast stage because it was just kind of you know like you said it wasn't managed properly and we didn't have schedules so i'd get there on saturday and be like okay my schedule's at 11 let me run around and see if i can find somebody um so you know this year with us being able to get those schedules out earlier to the podcast hosts and be like okay you have this spot this spot this spot they were able to fill it with some amazing people um you know i mean i had i had uh, matt and o'keefe on sunday on the stage three o'clock you know hanging out with with them with all sorts of people you know sitting there watching and listening and i mean we had people like daniel brandon come up i mean she was up there like three times she she did like three different podcasts um you know emma carey did a couple i mean just some really really big name people coming up on that stage to really give an experience to the fans and that was the coolest thing that I saw is that, okay, you know what, maybe something's going on over here that they can't get into. Well, there's something else for you. You know, you don't have to, you know, necessarily, listen, I don't, I don't think I watched, I, I think I maybe watched one comp. Like, I think I watched the finale in the rain booth on the, you know, on the, on their, on their big screen um, because I just wrapped up and, you know, I had all my gear and stuff and I'm like, well, I'm just going to park it right here in, in rain and, and, and watch the, watch the finale, but I didn't watch any of the events. I just yeah. would go back and watch the recaps and things like that because I was so engulfed in the experience. Not just not just, you know, my interviews, but also everybody else's interviews and the vendors and just building relationships and talking to people. And you hit the nail on the head too, X. I think a big part of the ability to make that such a cool destination was because of the the pre planning and the 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 having more lead time to be able to schedule folks the way that they need to know when, when you know how, how much free time they have and i know that was also based on things like the elite competition because some of those athletes wanted to watch the elite competition as well so finding those gaps which uh i think the big the big takeaway from us as an organization is just the earlier we can get ahead of things the better which i know i, I spoke about at the at the onset so getting the team on board even earlier so that there's no you know heavy lifting near the end like for, for me i think our goal for 2024 is going to be that in 2023 my team gets to experience the holidays in the way that, that they should be able to appreciate which is like thanksgiving through through christmas and even like through kind of the new year it doesn't mean they're not going to work at all don't get yeah. me wrong yeah but <laughs> they uh they haven't really been able to enjoy it uh in the way that and neither have i and it's just a byproduct of again like kind of working through our our linear calendar of okay another event another event, another event, but I think there's a way for us to, to get ahead of it. And the, the other thing I wanted to touch on that you mentioned was, was, was O'Keefe and, and, and my leadership over O'Keefe's, which, which I just want to be clear that, you know, I think a lot of the changes that, that, that our team implemented this year in O'Keefe's absence, I think he would have been on board with all of them. Yeah. You know, like I think he would have, he would have said, let's go back to the old layout. It was much simpler. So I think to that end, like, I, I don't want to, uh, I can't take all the credit here as well. Like I, I think it's a huge team effort. We just had a really, good team of individuals that were all pushing towards that, that same, that same goal and vision. So, I mean, I'll be honest, I was nervous with, with O'Keefe's departure. Like he, he's a dear friend of mine and he brought a ton of leadership and experience and business in general. Um, and he gave me the confidence. Like, he, I'll be honest, like he, he told, he's told me on more than one occasion. He's like about me in particular, he's like, you, you know, he, in no uncertain terms of me paraphrasing something along the lines of like, 
you know, you need to learn to believe in yourself because he has always, and he's always said, you're more, you're more capable than anybody I've ever met. And so I've always doubted myself. So he was always there to be that, 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 that confidant and, and, and give me the confidence to, to be in this role because I, I wasn't that comfortable in it. Um, and I wasn't confident until we got through like Thursday of, of, of the tier water pollution to be like, okay, this is working out well. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, cause I was just nervous, you know, it's, I've, I've, there's always been Guido and learned so much from Guido and his leadership and he's just so thoughtful and empathetic and, and, and he has such a clear vision. And then, and then Matt brought his business acumen uh, and his relationships in, 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 in a way in which, you know, we never had before. And then to lose both of those or those, you know, not to be, you know, really steering the ship and, and then really just relying on, on, uh, you know, loud and live Marco and, and, and Nelson partnering with a new production arm that, that that's internal here at, at, at loud and live. Um, you know, there was a lot of nerves, but, but I think we, we did deliver. I don't want to say we over-delivered. I think we delivered and I'm excited to try and over-deliver next year. Yes. And, and that's the biggest thing is I know you and we, I mean, we've alluded to this multiple times is we're going to always take a look back and we're going to be extra critical of ourselves and, and the things that we could have done better and, and, you know, try to just improve upon it next year. Um, you know, I coach this all the time is that, you know, I, I'm never looking for a hundred percent. I'm just looking for 1% better, 1% better every day, you know? So if we can move that needle just a little bit, and then if we miss, we miss small, but if we hit, we hit big, you know, it's kind of that, you know, making sure that those targets are, are reasonable and things that we can do. One of the, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, came up was of course, if they're in line and not able to get in. Um, plans for like a, a jumbotron, things like that. Yeah. That, uh, that um, is that something that's yeah. Oh, absolutely doable. I think you know I really like that Rain had it, Wex, because that was super cool. It provided so much traffic to, to Rain's uh, activation. But in general, like on the back of a flagler, those bleachers, the, you know, I think there's no reason why we can't have an LED. The, the thing, so here's the thing: we, we created an opening in the stand so people could stand there. Yeah, that whole area ended up being blocked by equipment and volunteers, so you couldn't really see in from that that corner. Um, but my, my desire would be to completely surround the competition floor with stands, like a full 360 seating, like a real stadium. The thing we have to consider though, is equipment on and off the floor, athletes on and off the floor and just figuring out the best solve for that. Um, but, but yeah, for sure. LEDs included that that's a big one. TVs throughout the venue, a little mm -hmm. more of them making sure that like when the, the, the seminar and podcast stage isn't in use to the competitions on that LED, same thing with Tina Hills. Like I think, uh, having feeds, uh, you know, driven to each of those places, but just more of them. I agree. I yeah. couldn't agree more. Now I will say on the, on the podcast and seminar stage, that was a little bit tough because the times that they did have that on there and then somebody had to go on and you cut, <laughs> we were basically cutting the feed to be like, okay, now we're going to have a podcast or, or a seminar. They're like, yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, just within, within reason on that one. But again, it's, it's learning things. It's, it's, you know, looking at, Hey, what's going to work here? What's, you know, what can happen? Um, but I mean, also we had talked about scheduling the scheduling on the, on the podcast and seminar was so tight. It was just like, there was always something going on there. So there really wasn't downtime for you know, the, the competition to be put up there. I think we had a couple, a couple times where we could do that. Um, actually yeah. it was funny. It was the one right before, um, Matt and O'Keefe came on, on my podcast, we had the competition up and I'm like, and I even got up, you can hear it in the podcast. I go, I know you guys were watching the competition, but you're probably not going to mind the next guest that I have coming up on the stage. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and they were completely okay with that. Um, you know, but just, you know, little things like that is, is always fun. Um, as far as, you know, we're looking at, 
you're already looking at next year, um, you know, 2024. What does your year look like? Is, is it just all encompassed now, you know, hey, you know, this competition or do you, you know, personally with Loud and Live have different things that you are, are doing, you know, with the company? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, me personally, so like I mentioned, this next this month and probably in the next month will be focused around postmortem and preparing for the 2024 calendar year of, uh, of events. So like backing out, and that's how we work. We, we typically start with the event dates and then we say, okay, so when do we run the qualifier in relation to that? When, like all the little things too. So we have an ops calendar that, that we fill in that we'll mutually agree on the entire team. Um, and, then, and then from there, building out the team uh, the leadership team, there's, you know, we have our, our full-time team, which will stay very much intact. Yeah. And then from there, building out like our seasonal, which are people that are on like either almost the full year, nine months of the year, six months of the year, three months of the year, people like, you know, the director of athletes, competition director, like Joaquin, et cetera. So figuring out what that all looks like for the year to get them locked in and then looking at our head staff for the event. So that's going to all happen over the course of the next like 60 days. And, um, but then beyond that, you know, Loud and Live is is, is a, a national event producer and they have a lot of events here in South Florida. So I've thrown my hat in the ring to be involved in the next one coming up is in, in a few weeks, the Coconut Grove Arts Festival, which is a world-renowned art festival uh, based out of South Florida. Okay. I was just talking to the the, the, the head of production within Engage Live, which is the, the production arm of, of Loud and Live, and I'll probably have a have a game day role with that just to support them. And it's it's less about like the I'm certainly gonna do the job to the best of my ability, but it's it's just about like supporting them because they supported us during this event. It's not like they're just a uh, you know uh, a gun for hire, if you will. We're not like bringing them in just to execute Wadapalooza and then we, we go our separate ways. Yeah. Um, so that'll be going on in parallel, but that won't need up a ton of time. And then I'm really going to really dig in on the Madrid Championship, which is uh, you know an event that our event partner Alfonso Chamorro uh, spearheads. But it's a it's a it's a loud and live production, and so making sure that he has the support he needs to be successful. That's the largest event in the world, even larger than Wadapalooza. It had it's oh, wow. planning this year on 2,800 athletes competing. Wow. Um, okay. And then they open up registration. We're already like nearly sold out. We're only like a hundred teams shy of selling out and it opened like last week. So pretty amazing to see how, how that has taken off. Um, and then, yeah, man, the rest of the year, we'll just be getting organized around the online, the online qualifier and challenge and helping bring partners in and, and, uh, and yeah, man, it, it is definitely a year round endeavor. So these things are all just like supplemental, probably do some stuff at the games um, with some brands and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I looked at, I think that the, the key thing is that I, I need to find time to separate work and personal. Yeah. They very much have been this way for years. Anybody that knows me knows that my work and personal life are very much intertwined. Like again, maybe, maybe not for the, for the best. Um, so I need to find some time to recharge while my team is, is mainly off. Like I'm, I'm, I'm for the most part on this week and maybe taking it a little bit slower than normal, but, uh, yeah, I think the big thing for me would just be taking time to completely recharge so that I can hit the ground running and execute on the things we have to moving forward. And, and I would imagine it's hard to to separate from that because a lot of the people in this space are friends. You know, they, it's not just it's not just business partners. Hey, you know, you're friends with Noah Olson. We're gonna you know gonna hang out and grab a coffee or something. You know, or you know, and, and things like that where these people aren't just clients. They're not just accounts or, or or things like that. But they are actual friends that call and ask how you're doing in your day and 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 those sorts of things. So I guess it would be kind of hard to separate that. You know, I'm sure from it's the same for you, isn't it? I imagine for your your work and I know you you have a, a separate day job, but like. Yeah. Sure, a lot of your a lot a lot of your friends in, in your in your personal life also cross over into 
CrossFit in this community. So it's just funny how the, the, the circle is, even though it's a very big community, it's also extremely small. Yeah. But I, I would say almost all of my friends, except for my family, my sister does CrossFit. But beyond that, like my entire network of people are CrossFitters. And yeah. I'm sure you can probably. Absolutely. And, and after this week, seriously, it's been, it's been insane. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there saving people's phone numbers in my, you know, like here, save my number. And I'm like, I'm not going to say who they are, but I'm like, there's no reason I should have this number in my phone. This is, this is insanity. Um, and, and these are now like people that, you know, are texting and calling back and forth and, you know, we're having conversations and it, like, I mean, thank you for the opportunity because it's also made Wex Appeal podcast just kind of blow up kind of overnight, which is, which has been kind of a cool experience uh, for me. When Ben Smith comes up the next day after the champions panel and he calls me by name and he's like, Hey, you know, asking me questions about something. I'm like, this is, this is just next level. This is, this is fun. That's what it's all about, man. That's really what, what I feel like the Wadapalooza was born as something very small, 150 athletes in Bayfront park, no fencing, like barely any barricades. We had random people running onto the competition floor doing bicep curls, mid heat. We're like, no, no, no. I mean, Roche, like you can't grab that. We're, we're mid heat. There's, there's an athlete that needs to use that. And like, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> to see how, how it, 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 it blossomed. And even my, like my personal and professional life was, was, uh, you know, founded from opportunities I received starting at Peak 360 and then into into Wadapalooza as a as a, a judge, then MC, then media director, and so on and so forth. Um, I feel like we have a little bit of a no, not a little bit, like a lot of a responsibility to help people develop themselves professionally and personally, whether that's through giving them a platform to train for and then be the best version of themselves on the competition floor, but outside of that. And, and hopefully we can be that, that bridge between people to help them network and build up their professional and, 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 and personal uh, ability. So just know, I think that's maybe it's not a direct, uh, you know, mission of ours, but it's certainly an indirect that, that is, does not go unnoticed. And I'm glad that you're reaping the benefits of that Wex. That's awesome. Yeah. And again, thank you for that because it, it it's one of those things, you know, even like I alluded to at the beginning, you know, with the champions panel, I'm like, when I started this podcast two years ago, you know, or two and a half years ago or whatever, I this wasn't even on the radar. It was like, oh, it'd be cool to, you know, sit down with some cool people, have some conversations. And meanwhile, I'm standing there, I ask a question and I drop the mic down and I'm just looking at them and I'm just like, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm where I wanted to be, but did not expect it to be like this. This is, this is awesome. So, um, you put on a, a fantastic event and, you know, I'll let you, you know, obviously get back to, you know, get back to the, the grind of everything that you're doing. But, um, it, it I, overall, I think a very positive, very great event. Like you said, um, if you were at Wadapalooza, you know, that CrossFit's not dead. It is fully alive, and I love the fact that it's not a semifinal because just the energy, the, the energy is so different, um, and, and people have said that. I've heard people kind of say this in the background is that I actually enjoy my time at Wadapalooza more than I do at the games, and I, not that I don't enjoy the games because I love the games, but it's a completely different energy. It's, it's a different vibe mostly because of the athletes um because they are there to work they are there to you know hone in they're focused you don't it it feels like you are interrupting them from doing something when you you know when you do run into one of them at the games and when i'm at the games i'm very much you know trying to kind of stay back unless they're doing like an appearance or if they're doing you know something on the outside 
but I very much while they're on the floor, or obviously not on the floor, but while they're on site, leave them alone. Let them do their job. This is what they've trained all year for. But at Wadapalooza, it's it's not that vibe. It's just it's a party, and and everybody's so much more laid back. And you're walking through the crowd, and Danielle Brandon's just standing there, you know, with her dog, <laughs> with Cash, just literally just hanging out. And and it's yeah. where else in the world do you get to go see that? No man, it, you, it goes back to that analogy I use fairly often of like the NBA Finals and All Star Weekend. That's the big difference. The energy is because of the vibe in which the athletes bring because of the the time of year of the competition. There's so many things. There's a, there's a, there's a multitude of factors that are all overlapped that make Wadapalooza as special as it is. And it's, it's sort of one of these things like we've, we've, we've got the recipe, but we don't want to change any one thing that could disrupt this perfect concoction that makes Wadapalooza as special as it is. Um, so yeah, man, I appreciate you for recognizing that, and 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 you know, you thank me for putting it on, but thank you, Wex, for for one having me on this podcast, but two for taking the ball and running with it this year, and we couldn't have done that without you. And I think a, a reason for the Waza experience, all the stuff that happens outside the ropes, part partially why it was so successful uh, and and enjoyed by the people that were uh, at at the event this year is because of your your leadership and your ability to to manage that and and, and schedule things that were interesting and making sure that. Again, everyone had a little bit of what they wanted, whether it be nutritional talk, whether it be movement, whether it be just the, their 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 biggest and, and best athlete, their their favorite athlete on on the stage. So, yeah, man, couldn't have done it without you, and and, and we won't moving forward if that if you're signing up and committing to it right now. Well, I will, I appreciate that, and yes, I'm I'm in I'm I'm in I'm in for as long as you'll have me. That was like I said, just a an, another worldly experience. It was it was awesome. So, man, thank you so much for for coming on the show and doing this. Is there, and I'm going to, I keep throwing one more question at you. Um, is there one thing, of course, that you can talk about, you know, if it's if it's secret sauce, you know, we'll, we'll keep that to the side. But is there one thing next year that you can tell the people, hey, look forward to this because it's going to just blow you away? Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's anything that I can share right now, but let's just say that the improvements that we're going to make for Wadapalooza 24 and some of the changes to divisions and athletes across the board, there'll be some things that um, I think people aren't, aren't suspecting, but more to come there. I don't think I can let sure. the cat, cat out of time just yet, but also know that we're listening and, and that the changes that need to be made will be made. And so nothing secret. And I'm going to say this and, and I'll, and I will go on record and say this for anybody who is, who has ever, and, and I'm I'm assuming that 90% of the people that attend Wadapalooza have never put on their own competition or, or done something, especially on that, I mean, obviously not on that level, but even like a local competition and how many moving parts and things there are to it. Obviously, this is not your first year, but it's your first year in charge of like, like steering the ship, being the guy. So for anybody who's, spewing hate or anything like that i'm gonna go ahead and say it for you y'all can suck it <laughs> because you did an amazing job and i can only imagine what's going to happen in the next two to five years of you actually being the guy in charge and making the decisions and, and steering the ship and i know it's a team but every team needs a captain and you are that captain so I, i'm giving you kudos to what you pulled off this year it was it was amazing and also again people remember this is only your first iteration of of being able to be the captain of the ship 
Thanks, Wex. Yeah, that means a lot, man. And I think that I also want to encourage anyone that is maybe not happy with something that had transpired. You know, we sent out those surveys, but but I also try to make myself personally as available as possible to be on the receiving end of feedback because I don't want things to go unsaid yeah. or unrecognized by our team. So, I mean, I'm even happy with you sharing my email and, 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 and whatever when you publish this thing. If people want to reach out and give me their personal experience, positive or negative, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, we want constructive feedback because yeah. – right now just like any athlete coming off of a competition identifying their weaknesses and now ramping up to begin their off-season training to be able to hopefully be a, a winner or stand on that podium so that's where we stand right now and, and, and we're ready for it so yeah hit me and, and and i will say this that um if you are going to come with criticism i challenge you to come with a solution as well um, you know, don't be the ones that have just come negative, negative, negative. If you are going to present a, a, something that did not work the way that you wanted it to work, I challenge you to actually come up with a solution and submit that as well. Be part of the, be part of the solution and not just pile on the problem. So I'm going to say that for you, <laughs> and, you know, right, as the guy, but, um, uh, man, like, again, I appreciate you coming on the show and, and kind of opening it up and, and letting us know, you know, kind of the behind the scenes stuff. And I am looking forward to 2024. It's going to be, it's going to be a crazy year. And, and, and I always, I look at Wadapalooza. A lot of people say it's the end of the season to me, just it's the start of the season. It feels like, okay, it's January. It's the new year. Wadapalooza is the start. And now we go into the open and we start hitting that. So that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at on it. You know, the ones in December, I think Dubai is in December. To me, that's the close of the year, and this is just the the start of a start of a big year. So, awesome stuff, man. Thanks, Wex. 2024, we're gonna blink and it's gonna be here already. So, oh, I know. Ugh, yeah, no, I know. I, I mean, I'm a father of four kids, so I know that timeline just just goes. So, man, thank you so much. Appreciate it, man. Thank you again, and uh, yeah, talk soon. Awesome. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. And thanks again for listening and coming along on this journey that is the Wex Appeal podcast. We've got so much things coming down the pipe this year. I'm very excited, very happy, and I cannot wait to get... I mean, I love everything that's going to happen this year, but I also can't wait to get back to Miami in January in 2024 with Dylan to, uh, to make this thing bigger and better each and every year. It's going to be... If you thought last year was epic, this year is going to be just mind-blowing. So I'm excited. I'm happy. It is in good hands. I believe that with my whole heart. And like I said in the intro, I definitely believe that he has the best interest of the community, the athletes, the volunteers, the vendors, everybody in mind, and that next year is going to be just absolutely bananas. Once again, thank you for you know listening. Thanks for the support. Make sure you go and follow us on all the all the different things, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all the social medias. Going to try and get better at YouTube and TikTok. We're going to try and do more stuff. But Instagram is popping right now, putting about, out a whole bunch of content on there. So follow along, like, share. And uh, man, let's build this community together. Until next time, we got some big guests coming, and I cannot wait to announce them. We'll be talking to you very soon. Peace. <laughs>